Well, hello and welcome to the No Filter Needed podcast, where we cut the fluff, expel those myths and kick unobtainable standards to the curb. I am your host, Camilla Collins, self-image consultant, author and founder of multiple beauty and creative entertainment agencies. I am super passionate about empowering people to change their self-perception and reimagine not just the beauty, but the huge amount of power within themselves. And this podcast is in support of my mission to do just that. We all have that little voice that pipes up inside of our head that can run an extremely unhelpful dialogue. It says things like, you'll never be able to do that, or what would people say? Or it's, it's too risky. Or even, who do you think you are? And now to some degree, the self-talk is trying to keep you safe. But most of the time, it's unwarranted and it's a very unhelpful habit. But before I dive into some ways in which you can stop it, let's first talk about how and also why negative self-talk is keeping you safe. Now, if we go way back to the caveman days, Overemphasizing negative events enabled our ancestors to stay alive. A caveman might live an anxious life by staying alert, constantly worrying that every noise outside the cave could be a predator, but an alert caveman will live longer than a caveman that assumes that every noise means nothing. Yes, the optimistic caveman might be right some of the time, but if they're wrong just the once, then they're dead. Nowadays, being wrong is nowhere near as deadly, but the logic isn't flawed here because negative events actually have a greater potential in damaging you than positive events have in helping you. And so it can sometimes feel safer to stay where you are rather than move forward. But I'm sure, like me, you have experienced the pain of feeling stuck because there is so much more going on in our current world than there ever was back in the caveman days. And watching everybody else advance and gain in life can make us feel like we're falling behind. And it can make us feel separate from others and isolated. And it can bring about feelings of unworthiness. And the longer we stay still for, the more we lose our self-confidence and belief in our abilities as we strengthen a negative self-image of ourselves and anchor in unhelpful beliefs. The desire to move away from pain will be stronger than moving towards pleasure in most cases. And so we are more likely to make decisions based on not wanting to achieve something bad rather than wanting to achieve something good. And this is where learning how to relink your pain, pleasure and perception can really help. And I go into this in detail in the three P's chapter of my book. But for now, let's focus on what you can start doing today to combat your negative self-talk. Our negativity bias has developed over some three and a half billion years, so we're not gonna get rid of it altogether, but we can manage it and we can work against it. And research shows that we can actually, actually physically change our brain to minimize negativity bias. So it's an actual thing and it can be done. And negativity bias is really negativity attention bias. We focus our attention on the negative. We favor consuming negative information or experiences or perceptions at the exclusion of positive information. And so when we are focused on the negative, we completely miss the positive. We don't even see it or notice it. So with this in mind, there are five things that you can do to combat your negativity bias. Number one, be aware of it. And I think we've just covered that one. So remember that it's there. There's not anything wrong with you. We all have it and you can manage it. 
I have a frame quote on my wall that I wake up to every morning. I actually bought it for a friend for Christmas a few years ago, but I just loved it so much that I thought, nah, I'm actually, I'm keeping this. <laughs> and it's by A.A. Milne, and it says, you are braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. And it's been my mantra for a while now, and I use it all the time to remind myself not to fall apart over trivial things that my mind is blowing way out of proportion or sending me down a negative thought pattern with, because it tries to do that a lot. So find yourself a mantra that works for you, or you can borrow that one, but stick it somewhere you'll, where you'll see it and you can read it often. Next up is practicing gratitude. And yes, when I first heard about this, I thought it sounded far too woo-woo for my liking and just a bit silly. But my goodness, did not only trying it, but persevering with it completely turn my outlook around and actually transform my days. I don't have to do this obsessively every morning now because immediately thinking of things that I'm grateful for in my life when I'm feeling low or anxious is now an automated response and an extremely valuable tool in my mental health toolkit. But when starting out, I wrote in my journal every morning five things that I was grateful for, and I tried to make them different each time to encourage my brain to seek out more positives. And I did this every morning, immediately when I woke up for a month. Now I don't need to write them down, I can just think of them when I open my eyes. But as I always say, writing things down really helps us to realize them, which is why journaling is such a great tool for making positive changes and processing thoughts reasonably. Focusing on positives every day will retrain your brain to focus away from negativity and lack. Trust me, it works, and I was super skeptical of this at the beginning. The more deliberately you think about positive things, then the more you retrain your attention to look for more of that kind of information. And remember what I said about negativity bias being more negativity attention bias. Practicing gratitude and positive thinking really helps to combat it. Thirdly, you can use distraction. Now, I don't normally encourage distraction because constantly distracting myself from my true feelings doesn't actually allow me to accept and process them, which means they just fester under the surface and eventually come back again. However, when used with awareness, distraction can be a great tool to place a bit of space between you and the negative thought or feeling. And this then gives you a window to change your perspective while you are separated from it. So for example, going out for a walk to shake off some negative vibes or feelings can alter my state and distract me. And if I'm just using that walk as an escape, then when I return, the same negative vibe will also return. But if while I'm out walking, I use the new surroundings and change of physical state to work with the negative thoughts or feelings, then I can change my perspective on it. So I'm not ignoring it, hoping it will go away. I'm placing myself in a new environment to deal with it in a new way because sitting at home or in the office just wasn't doing it for me. And so this is how I can create space to change my perception on things. Next, remember to take time out to reinforce any good feelings you have of a situation or an event. And this can just be for an extra 30 seconds. Don't wash over good feelings, recognize and solidify them within you. Even if it's a mild situation, stay with it for as long as possible and really feel the sensations in your body. Again, this may sound a little woo-woo, but doing so reshapes your brain. I'm always harping on about how busy and distracting the world is because it is if you compare it to the caveman days, 
But when I take an intentional moment to pause, it really grounds me. It helps with my perspective and it helps with my anxiety levels on the whole. I've been extremely guilty of brushing over good feelings, both small and mighty, as I was eager to get onto the next dopamine hits, either with a success or just another good vibe. And this meant that nothing was ever enough for me. Practicing pausing to really instill that good feeling inside has really helped me to feel more positive about everything as a whole and feel far more confident and stronger to tackle whatever comes up each day. And finally, number five is be consistent. Be consistent with all of this. Like the gratitude and journaling, it took me three days of consistency with it to embed that change. And I still have to work at it regularly, otherwise my default negativity attention bias will just start to take over. While I personally don't sit and meditate in the conventional sense, I make sure I take time out every day to reflect and process things and hold on to good feelings when they come up. And my consistent work on my self-awareness ensures that I use things like distraction as tools to help me and not hinder me. I hope you found this video useful and have learned some new ways to keep that negative self-talk at bay. I really look forward to seeing you again in the next one. Don't forget to hit subscribe to know when it goes live. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got some good takeaways from today. And if so, then please do leave a review. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and you can find further insights and tools over at camillacollins.com.